0: grab a seat as you're just in that posture of focusing on Jesus and I want to extend as well a happy Mother's Day to everyone and particularly the mothers but I'll send it to everyone and um, in this very room on Thursday morning we had a school assembly for um, mostly for our mums celebrating Mother's Day and Matt Drennan our principal got up and shared about how there's this parallel between the way a mother um, is just selfless and lays down her life for her kids that relates really well to um, the story of Jesus and the, and the story of God that we read about in Scripture. And so as we come to a Mother's Day and we come to today's passage, we in John 15, um, it ties in really beautifully actually, in terms of this way of laying down your life for another and asking others to love one another. I don't know about you as a parent, but if you've got more than one child, there might be a time possibly where you've asked your children to love one another or even just be nice to one another or even at least acknowledge one another. Um, And those things are important in, in the family dynamics. Um, and you know what, when we get to the point when we see that in action, whether it's in the family home and you see the children loving one another or it could be in a team situation or a workplace when there's actually love and support and encouragement, it's actually really encouraging. We, we, we see it, we notice it, we notice it when it's not there but we notice it when it's present and it's a great thing to um, acknowledge and be part of. So, when we come to today's passage, John 15, we're in the middle of John chapter 15, looking back, remember we, remember we had, as we've done this series for a while, the first 12 chapters of John were about, you know, the, the signs and the wonders and John really helping people understand who Jesus is and then there was a change, once we hit chapter 13 of John's Gospel, from chapter 13 onwards it's about the last week of Jesus' life. And so there's a lot of discourse, there's a lot of red writing, if you've got one of those Bibles, a lot of the words of Jesus. And in chapters 13, 14, up to where we are today, um, Jesus is emphasising a couple of main points. And we're going to touch on that in a moment. But let's look at today's passage. So John chapter 15, starting in verse 9. Uh, Check this out, read along with me if you'd like, um, or have it open in front of you. So verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me... to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, The Father will give you. This is my command love each other. I don't know if you picked up on a couple of major themes there. There's a lot of repetition. The idea of commands and the idea of love. And so, what we can struggle with in the way we engage with Scripture in the modern world, um, even particularly the way Scripture is split up into verses and chapters. Um, we can often focus in on a little bit and very rarely do we sort of zoom out and get the whole picture, get the whole story. Can I encourage you, read books of the Bible in one go when you have a chance to do that. Make the time to do that. Uh, Get the whole story. Because remember, these were originally written down so that people would hear them and they would hear the whole thing at once and they would pick up on the themes that kept ringing true right through the threads that keep existing right through. So I'm going to help us um, see a little bit, just back to the start of chapter 13. I want to help us see these themes of uh, obedient, being obedient to his commands and love that have just been present in the last couple of chapters. Okay, so here we go. I am going to read them to you and they're going to be on the screen but I want you just to pick up the emphasis, how often is Jesus saying this and why would he say it over and over and over? Think back to your parenting, if if, if that's a, a situation for you or even when you were a child and the way your parents taught you, what sort of things did they say to you over and over and over and over? Why did they say those things over and over and over and over? Sometimes we need to hear things many, many times to actually get our head around it. Here we go, here's some things. Being obedient to his commands equals love. So, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. If you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching." My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. For the Prince of this world is coming, he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples.' As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is my command, love each other. Do you think he's trying to tell us something? And I actually could have put more into that. This passage, these these, these chapters, but this passage of Scripture, Jesus is being absolutely overt in trying to tell us the thing that we need to know. And remember the context of this, he's speaking to his disciples, all these things just before he's about to be arrested and crucified. It's nearly like, what's the last thing I need to tell them before I'm taken away? what do they really need to know? What do they need to hear? What do they need to get through their thick skulls? What do they need to apply as they go on in life? What are the things they need to do? I need to tell them this, I need to get it through. And there's this link that when we are obedient to the commands of Jesus, that's our expression of love. How, we talk quite often, you know, the two big commands Jesus said we've got to love God and love others. How do we love God? Can I go and give God a cuddle? Well, those two things go beautifully together. I show my love for God by loving the people in front of me that I can see. And I show my love to God by being obedient to what He's commanded me to be and to do. At the end of Jesus' public ministry, He's setting up the disciples here with these passages of Scripture to understand what has really been going on, who He really is, what it's all been about. And He says quite clearly a few times here, I have, this is Jesus speaking, I have been obedient to the Father. I have done what the Father has commanded me. I and the Father are one. If you are obedient to me, you will be in me and you and I will be one just like me and the Father are one. He's saying this over and over and over. Jesus is revealing how God the Father is at work in the world how God has been acting in Jesus. What has God been doing in the person of Jesus? God has been demonstrating through His own Son that the incoming kingdom of God is a reality. He's been demonstrating that He has fulfilled all of those things that the nation of Israel was supposed to do, that the first Adam was supposed to do. to to live this life of being in relationship with God, relationship with others, relationship with creation itself. And we know that the first Adam failed, we know that the nation of Israel failed and Jesus comes in and gets it right and shows us how to do that and then says, I will be with you to help you do this going forward. And the key to it is, be obedient to what I'm commanding you to do obedience is the key. You know our problem? Oh, sorry, you know my problem? I'll speak for myself, I won't speak for you. My problem is, I have selective obedience. I'm pretty aware of most of the things the Scriptures say about how to relate to God and to one another, but more often than not, I choose which ones I'll be obedient to and which ones I won't. Because some of them are hard. Let's take an obvious one. Forgive others when they wrong you. Sometimes the last thing I want to do is forgive somebody. So I'll put that down as that's an optional extra, I can do that, the really holy, you know, super spiritual people will do that one. But in this moment, I'm just going to hang on to that little bit of unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment or whatever it is. Allow that to fester not realising that Jesus actually gave that command because He knows it's the best thing for us. He knows that when we choose not to forgive, it damages us. And there could be heaps of others. Too often, I am, maybe you are, too often we are selective in the obedience to the commands of Jesus. Can you imagine what our community would be like, what your household would be like, if consistently everyone was obedient to the commands of Jesus? What would that look like? Hmm. Then, as Jesus is unpacking all of this, He talks of not only His upcoming death, but His upcoming resurrection and then his upcoming ascension, to go back to God the Father. He talks about that to the disciples, they weren't quite getting it. But he says, but when I go back to the Father, I'm going to send you the helper, the counsellor, the advocate, the alongsider, the Holy Spirit. So that every disciple can now live in this reality of this divine and human relationship that Jesus has modelled to his disciples. The result, of the, I think it's obvious to us because we're on the right side of history and we've heard this many, many times, but for the disciples at the time to hear from Jesus that I'm going to go back to the Father and I'm going to send you this Holy Spirit and it's going to be good, they, they did not get it, did not understand it. Essentially, Jesus was saying to you, to them, this relationship that you've seen me have with the Father, you can have that as well. Do you understand how much of a mind-blowing thing that would have been for the disciples? Because they grew up, they knew nothing but the religious context of Judaism and the many sacrifices and the rituals and the rules and the things you can do and can't do and the priests who stood in between you and God. And Jesus came and modeled this different type of relationship with God the Father and He's saying to these disciples, you can have this same thing. You can live with God the Father the way I have just modelled to you these last few years. Blowing their mind. So what is the key for that? Well, we read in today's passage, verse 10, If you keep my commands and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. Now that word remain, some translations might use the word abide and remember he just, Jesus just gave this beautiful picture that Dan unpacked for us a couple of weeks ago about the vine and the branches, this agricultural picture of what it means to be connected into the Father and then the branch when it's connected into the vine, the fruit is produced on the branch. This beautiful picture if you keep my commands and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love. It's pretty clear. How do we remain in that relationship with God? It's through obedience to His commands and teaching. So, what's the outcome or the evidence? If that's in place, if that's the relationship we have, what's the outcome? Well, as we've looked at today's passage, two outcomes. There's fruit, And there's joy, fruit, we, fruit, (laughs) and joy. That was good, wasn't it? Fruit, fruit, and joy. So let's first look at verses sixteen in the Amplified. Jesus says to them, "You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and have appointed, and placed." and purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the father in my name as his representative he may give to you. Now again pretty simple if the in the agricultural example if I go and look at a tree and there's an orange hanging off it I know it's an orange tree. If I go and look at a tree and there's an apple hanging off it, I know it's an apple tree. The fruit identifies the type of tree. So, if there is fruit in our lives, like patience, kindness, gentleness, then what Jesus is saying here, that sort of fruit is going to point people to God because those things are the character and nature and essence of who God is. Now we can't exhaust those things, we can't get a nice little list and go, this is the picture of God, there's so much in that. If we are faithful in our marriage, in our relationships, in our friendships, that faithfulness is evident to others and it points people to one aspect of the character and nature of God. If we are kind to someone, that kindness can be noticed by others and and that points to one aspect of the character and nature of God. Fruit is one of the things that's produced through the obedience to these commands. And the other thing is joy. Uh, In verse 11, I have told you these things, Jesus says, so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Have you ever noticed that obedience in an atmosphere of love brings joy? It's Mother's Day. I'm sure the mums in here can understand that when obedience is taking place in an atmosphere of love, it brings joy. Let's go to a really practical level. Some of you might really enjoy driving a vehicle. I know some of you have particular types of vehicles that you enjoy, whether it's a four-wheel drive or whether it's some sort of done-up, olden-style car, Yeah, and it's only when we're obedient to the road rules that you can continue to experience the joy of driving that vehicle. If you're not obedient to the road rules, you won't get to do that. What what if you experience joy through um, the achievement of playing well and winning a sports competition? It's only through adhering to the structures and the rules and having the right techniques that enable you to be successful of that, that helps you experience the joy that comes with it. If you go and break all the rules and do your own thing, you won't get to experience that ability to participate. What about those of you who love dogs? You've got a dog at home and you've done that puppy training preschool thing so that your dog is obedient. It brings joy when your dog does the things you want it to do when you want it to do them. I've had a number of dogs, I've actually stood on this platform before and used this example. I can think of a dog that um, was so well trained that it, it would, you know, if it was sitting next to me, it would only get up and walk with me if I started walking with the leg closest to it. If I walked with the leg that wasn't closest to it, it would stay sitting. It would only eat when I allowed it to eat. Now that dog, because it was obedient, had a fair bit of freedom, was never tied up, was never chained. I had another dog years before that, was an idiot of a dog. It would not obey you one bit and it spent most of its life chained to a kennel. Had no freedom because it was not obedient. In today's passage and in the chapters coming just before it, we discover that the depth of life, the kind of life that I think deep down inside we all crave, that intimate relationship with God, the life that we're actually created for, the kind of life that brings joy and beauty and meaning and purpose, something we all strive for and look for in a number of places, that kind of life is available to us when we are obedient to the commands of Jesus. I don't know if that feels like a paradox to you because quite often we can think that the world's view of freedom is I can do whatever I want whenever I want. I don't need to be obedient, I don't need to be tied down to obey somebody. And now we've come full circle, back to mums, actually all parents, but how much joy does it bring when our kids are obedient to us? When your kids are obedient, it brings joy in the household. I'm looking at you too. You're pretty good actually. <laughs> but I can't help but think that same dynamic, like I think we experience that because I think that same dynamic works with God the Father. When God the Father looks down at us, his children, I reckon he experiences great joy when we are obedient to what he's asked us to be and do. Great joy. especially in the light of this thing to love one another. Because Jesus has referred to it over and over and over. Why has He done that? Because I think that God the Father, when He looks at His children, who are loving one another, it just brings great joy and it helps the people around those people, the community around them, to actually taste and see what God is truly like. So at this point I reckon it becomes a trust issue. It's a trust issue. Do we really trust that what God's asking us to do is the best thing for us? Do we really trust that God wants the best for us? That His commands, if we follow them, Are truly the best way to live life. Because if we do, if we do trust Him at that level, then we will want to be obedient to what He's calling us to be and do. What He's inviting us into, we will want to be part of that. There won't be this resistance of, don't tell me what to do, I'm gonna forge my own path and I'm gonna make my own decisions. Many of us in this room, myself included, have tried that. We found out it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. But that's just the beginning of God's wisdom as He relates to humanity. Because when we decide to be obedient to the words and the commands of Jesus and we do this together in community, people around us are going to start to get a picture of what God is truly like, His character and His nature. Let's go back to John chapter 13. When we read this, "Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet." Can I encourage you to pause there and sometime this week go back and list, listen to Jeff Nagel's message on this passage of scripture. It was terrific. You should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. then he follows this up. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, we've probably heard that passage many times. But for me this week, it just came into a new freshness, a new revelation that we don't have an option as Christ followers, other than to love one another. It's the thing we are called to do above anything else. Because when we do that, not only do we model what Jesus did, not only are we obedient to what He's called us to do, it paints a picture to the people around us who either don't believe in God or don't know what God's truly like or or don't know about this person Jesus or this thing we call the Christian faith, it speaks volumes to them because a community of people who truly love one another is the most attractive community that is possible in our world and people will be scrambling over themselves to be part of it because they see something that we all actually long for. And we have a role to play in this. And what's our role? Be obedient to the command to love one another. What does it look like to love one another? It's preferring that person to yourself. It's putting them before yourself. There's so many practical examples I could give there, but I I don't think I need to. You, You know what that looks like, whether you're showing love or not whether you're operating in love or not, whether you have a heart towards someone of love or not. And Jesus is saying really clearly to this group of disciples and saying to us as his church, it starts here with us. One of the best things we can do as we make Jesus known, as we be on mission with him in his world, is to love one another in obedience to how he has commanded us to do it. Let's just do that and see what happens. Let's just do that and see what God does in our midst. Let's be those people. Let's be that community. Let's be a people who choose to be obedient. Let me pray for us in that space. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for The example you gave us, I thank you for your words that we read in Scripture and I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have sent that can live in us and through us and help us be the kind of people you call us to be. It's really hard to love each other naturally but supernaturally through your indwelling Spirit we can position ourselves to be shaped by you so that we can love people the way you love. We can show our love for you by being obedient to what you've called us to do. So I ask Holy Spirit, would you help us in that? Would you shape us in that? Would you go before us in that? Because our prayer, our hope is that when we become that type of people, the the outcome of that is, is the fruit and the joy. The outcome is that people will see what you're truly like God and come into relationship with you and the joy that's experienced in this community will be so infectious and contagious that people will want to be stepping in. God would you lead us in that, shape us in that, help us in that for your sake and for your glory and for your honour we pray those things together. Amen.